You you fall asleep? Okay, Mike just walked in. Okay, well yeah, I'll be over. All right, cool. Uh, you just bring coffee, I guess. What's that? You bring your coffee and shit, or? Uh, no, I'm cool. You want a coffee? No, I'm fine. No, we're good. Alright, cool. Later. He definitely sleeping. Definitely. 100%. Definitely sleepy. 100% that was sleepy Johnny. Come on. Fuck, he's gonna be Johnny sleepy when he walks in. Alright, do you wanna do... Do you wanna do like just 10 minutes or so of us talking coaching changes and that sort of shit that happened there's this week so and then we can so jump into... There is a lot of shit going on. So much. And if we don't, <coughs> if we don't get caught up... It'll take until after the Super Bowl. And it'll be so disorganized. It'll be too. stale, too, by then. Okay. Um, where do you want to start? <laughs> I think one of the best stories is uh, Cliff Kingsbury leaving USC after they barred him from interviewing with the Cardinals and the Jets, and now he's so head coach for the Cardinals. Yeah. And you saw the thing I tagged you in on Twitter. Loved it. Is there, like, I get that everything can get brought up after the fact and it's whatever. But, like, do you, do you think there's any sort of, let me say, nerves in Josh, Rosen, uh, Josh Rosen's mind of, like, has he seen that tweet? <laughs> My issue is, is it's not hard for them to package Josh Rosen in a trade deal. With a team like, oh, I don't know, like a Jacksonville Jaguars? You just triggered my mind. So I, I, threw, a, I threw a little... Uh, now, I don't want that. Okay. I don't feel comfortable with that. All right, well, I looked that up. You explain yourself with that. Okay. So, <laughs> Arizona has a project on their hands, okay? We already tried to have a project at the third overall pick that we thought was going to be the next Blake Bortles and the next Ben Roethlisberger in 2014. Okay. okay, so I don't want another project when we don't know what we have. When you draft Kyler Murray, you know what you have. Fair enough. So from I my how the A's feel, buddy. Well, <laughs> think about this: four point six million dollars to play baseball as a first round pick, or you get drafted in the top five, and your guaranteed money is four or five times that. And Literally. I, and I wonder how how that's worked. With ooh, I, we actually got some surprising results with this. Hey, do you think if it's the Yankees, he still plays baseball? Now it's a, I'm glad that we got like a good ten minutes to just go everywhere because you just triggered my mind again. Uh, Russ Wilson's going to spring training with the Yanks this year. He always does. I just I but I, do you, do you, well not always because last Rangers year the last two years and then last year he went with the Yanks and he's going like he was, he's going again this year. Okay, so um, that's hilarious. I, I, How do you I, feel if you're Pete Carroll? Are you okay with that? Like if 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 you rip a groin. Like going to second base because baseball is your passion. I don't give a fuck. Whoa, Mikey dropping f bombs, bro. In all honesty, <laughs> if I'm okay, okay look, you, you mean it? No, I believe no, you. But it's like a business. <laughs> it's a business decision, and not a Jalen Ramsey business decision. It's one of those. Yeah, hey, we okay. under, we Fair understand enough. that you love baseball, but hey, it's like you, the guy that it's the, like the guy that misses three weeks of training camp because he got shot in the eye playing paintball. Thank you. Thank you. Like Jason Pierre-Paul. <coughs> Damien Wilson. <coughs> Damien Wilson. Jason Pierre-Paul <laughs> is a public service announcement now. Okay. Because he, oh, he, he lost fingers, right? Yes, yes. You know what I'm saying to you? Fair so enough. It's like, He's a fucking public. I don't give a fuck if you want to celebrate the 4th of July. You stay at home, fork your wife, barbecue some chitlins, you know what I'm saying? And then go to bed. 
Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, that shit drives me mental. How much money do you need to make? How much money do you, you got need me with to make? That one. What's your annual salary where you'll say, okay, I won't take any chances? Yeah. I'm not telling these guys to live in a fucking plastic bubble, but I'm also saying to make better I don't, life choices. I don't disagree with you, but I don't feel like that was ever a talking point when Dion was doing it, or when Bo Jackson was a two-sport athlete. And, you know it, what I mean? It was celebrated it was, more. Okay, but And now they didn't have the contracts reasons. attached to there's, them back then. There's they two reasons now. for that. The okay. first reason is it was uncommon and atypical that there were that kind of athletes in the world. Okay. The second concept is... Who 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 was a better running back at the time than Bo Jackson? Fair enough. Maybe Barry Sanders at the time? Yeah. Um, who's better at his position than Deion Sanders? No. So you're not going to argue with somebody saying, look, I'm at the top of my game. Argue with me. Now I'm fitting to go get at the top of some other game. Right. Like, nobody is going to argue with you. Gonna, okay, can you please come back and play baseball? Okay. Right. Okay, so let me get this out here. Um, so I can't remember the timeline of me Asking you first, or if I just threw it out there on Twitter and then, and then uh, asked you afterwards. But I, I asked uh, Jaguars Twitter uh, based off of Cliff Kingsbury's comments about drafting Kyler number one back in October. Would you offer Jalen Ramsey for Josh Rosen and get your franchise quarterback? That's hilarious. I'm sure Cardinals fans would be down with that. Um, That's hilarious. Now I gave three options, and I said if you choose option three, elaborate on your idea. Uh, so option three was trade Rosen, but, and then give an alternative other than Jalen. Uh, the winner of this poll was no, Jalen is our star. Uh, but yes, and the Bo- uh, the Bortles era um, actually got more votes than I thought it would. Um, so it was 11% yes, 67% no, and 22% uh, said yes, trade for Rosen, but not Jalen. Both said Fournette. This might blow your mind a little bit. You ready for this? I don't think... Oh, now, hold on a second. Before you go into your... Um, it's funny that that was... The, that's the obvious trade for Rosen, but... And then they say Fournette. The Cardinals aren't trading for Fournette when they already have David Johnson. That's not a conversation, in right. my opinion. Okay, so now that's go. Not a conversation. So... I just I, wanted to dismiss I that. Would, I, I would like to say this live, but Thank but you for uh, voting on the poll, folks. What, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> what, what I would like to say is... Kyler Murray makes Dwayne Haskins yeah. a much more highly coveted product. And I and I I mean that because everybody was salivating over Dwayne Haskins and then Kyler Murray comes in. So now a guy who's second fiddle, he's not second fiddle anymore. He's now a value pick. Because if you're gonna take Kyler one, okay, that's fine. But watch this. Watch the Jacksonville Jaguars move one spot with the New York Giants. And give them Jalen Ramsey, with a number two, with a number two pick, with a num- with a second round pick. So the Jacksonville Jaguars go from seven to six. I don't think they'd even have to give the, the second round pick. I'm I'm trying to say the Jacksonville Jaguars go from seven to six to get Haskins. The Giants get Jalen Ramsey, and in return, Jacksonville gets the Giants' second round pick in 2019. You went a little armchair GM on on us, but I don't. But that's I don't not. Just, I don't, that's not absurd. It's not crazy. I, I think it's. I think you're giving up too much. You move one spot in the top ten, and then you get the thirty seventh, the thirty eighth pick in the draft. See every. That's not absurd to me. It's not absurd, but everything that I've seen in in, uh, I guess projections of what could be for 
Jalen is a similar situation, what you're saying, in, in uh, exchange for draft picks. Build your new capital of young talent. Me, personally, you're going to trade away that generational player that, aside from maybe some of his uh, decision-making of his trash-talking in the media, um, you want he's a cornerstone player. So for me, I'm only trading him for someone that I've seen in the league play already and is going to help me. I can't disagree with that. But what I will disagree with is that cornerstone players don't make business decisions in the fifth week of football. Fair enough. That, that's rude. That was like a big thing for you, eh? That ca- like, I mean, it's like when you pointed. It's pretty it out, odd how that all worked out. I saw it when it happened, and I thought about it in my head. And, and then I when said you used it out the term loud, yeah. "business decision," yeah. I was like, you know what? Now I can't ignore it. Yeah. And then the score update came ten minutes later, and they used and the they... exact same vernacular that that you had used. So like the world saw it. Yeah. And somebody said to me that they go, "Hey, after the Cowboys game, do you think Ramsey was barking a little bit more because he didn't want people to see that he was, you know, a little bit um, less than well, less tone, than a physical guy, less than a physical guy?" His tone was definitely different after that game. So maybe, maybe he thought to himself, "Fuck me, man. I'm yeah. trying to do something here and none of that involves fucking getting my hands that dirty." Any chance the Jaguars and Steelers do a deal? We don't want AB. One for one? I don't think that that's worth it. Do you think that I don't think that it? that fixes anything in Jacksonville. I think that that fixes something in Pittsburgh. I think it would. <laughs> I think that that makes that defense that much better. Absolutely. But what I also think as well is that our defensive line is going to get rehauled with new talent. It's going to get overhauled. Malik Jackson's out. Taven Bryant's going to swim up into his spot. And if we don't go quarterback at seven, there is a plethora of D-line talent. And you can never have enough of them. You can't. Look at Dallas's defensive line. I hear you. Fucking assembly line. Um, what do you think about Rooney's comments this week that he can't he can't envision AB being a part of the team come training camp? I think that when one of the most well-respected owners in the league and somebody who... How long has Wayne Rooney been an owner? Like 40 years? Something? Yeah, like, 50, like 30, 40 years? I don't know the exact number. That's concerning. And our fucking stack guy ain't here yet. Wah, wah, Johnny <laughs> but the problem is though is that I think that Rooney is trying to send a message like I don't know if you read but on Wednesday Fournette reported uh, to Tom Coughlin's office and had a conversation with Con Caldwell and Coughlin okay doesn't that sound like a uh, lawyer firm? yeah it does that's exactly what it sounds like but anyway he met with them to clear the air and Coughlin explained why he voided the contract and Fournette explained his for lack of a better term his attitude problem Okay. And Coughlin said, do you want to play football for the Jacksonville Jaguars? He said, yes. You know what Caldwell's question was? Do you want to work for the Jacksonville that's Jaguars? That's a good question. To get us to the difference. point. To get us to where we want to be. It's a big difference. That, and that's, he said yes. So that's been a main po- talking point this week, and I think a lot of it has to do with um, Michael Lombardi's comments about the state of the Washington Redskins organization, um, and also with some of these these hires of like I had an interview uh, on third on sorry on Wednesday um, for the Dolphins job because I have a picture on my Instagram where Sean McVay's in the background. Um, yeah, yeah. That's and, the shit. That's the stuff. That's funny. You got to say that live. And I, I that's funny. And I've got an am uh, I've got an Amazon package that I've been waiting for for days. And apparently my mailman maybe he maybe he's getting a job interview because. Maybe he used to live in the house that Sean McVay grew up in. Because you interviewing? get the point here, like, They're... everybody's got their Sean McVay hiring process joke that's been coming out this week, and it is almost like feeding a fed horse. 
PETA. Um, yeah, but aren't they I- interviewing the Patriots linebacker coach for the head coaching job? And now he's actually going to, I say, I, I've heard the report today that he's the favorite over Chris Richards, and I love it. Keep Chris, because I think if it all continues to go the way it is, maybe this is Marinelli's last year, and I think that Chris Richards got a, uh, actually, no, I don't think no matter what anything happens, I think Chris Richard is going to be uh, given a promotion in Dallas unless he takes a head coaching job elsewhere. Um, and if Rod Mar- Marinelli is retained, then he'll be like the uh, um, the D line coach only. Um, so another name that I was actually surprised to see hired, but it's I like this hire um, is the Vic Fangio going to Denver, and it, it it I bring it up because it goes along with what I just said about um, everyone focusing on culture, culture, culture this week, and it's. A lo- I, I believe it's a lot of of what Michael Lombardi said on his podcast and what he wrote uh, for The Athletic. Um, and that's that they're hiring all these young guys that have a Ryan Gosling effect to them. And once that wears off and the, and the guys aren't buying in, where's the culture? Vic Fangio is going to build a culture. And from what I've read and heard, him and John Elway were on the same page with what their objectives are. Did you hear when they brought in Gary Kubiak? And I knew that I I knew before Vic Fangio was hired that Kubiak would be uh, employed there because I think they're going to get Flacco. Not anymore. No, they're not. So Gary Kubiak came in, met with Elway and Fangio. Oh, okay. And they had a difference of philosophy. End quote. And oh. the philosophy came down to Gary Kubiak wanting to run a recreated Mike Shanahan offense. Remember that zone run that they yeah. won two Super Bowls with in the late 90s? Okay. He wanted to have a real zone run. because so he doesn't want anything to do with Flacco. So Gary Kubiak is looking at the – and former Ravens head coach. So Gary Kubiak – That's working okay. yeah, that, yeah. So, so, so Gary Kubiak comes in and he's like, no, we, we don't need a prolific passer. We got two tailbacks. We'll institute a zone run scheme. We don't, we'll, we'll have two wides at all times, two tight ends in. Let's do it. And Vic Fangio comes in and he's like, well, that's that's not the NFL in 2019. And John always like, we were kind of looking for a little bit more of an open offense. Right. Something that not spread, right. open. There's a difference. Not a college offense. An but a, open offense. Something that we can have more plays at our disposal than we typically would and make ourselves less predictable. Would, would you equate that to like what New England's doing? Like in theory, it is a college offense, but it's not a spread. It's... It's kind of like you're saying, like an open. Oh, I agree with that. Well, okay. when you take Cordero and Patterson, you put him in the backfield and you yeah. start running plays. Okay, so continue. You're I'm, a, I like a, where you're a college office. You're going with this. So Gary Kubiak says, "Well, well, well, no, that's not what I had envisioned." And Vic Fangio and John Elway sort of looked at each other and they're like, "Well, then we have a difference of philosophy here." And okay. Gary Kubiak just like he didn't walk out, but I'm telling you that like so the what, article was like he's not going to probably he's probably not going to coach again because he's been out two years now. So now they're not. Attached? No, AC. No, Currently, no, right now. No offer for offensive coordinator was extended to Gary Kubiak because of a difference of philosophy stemming from... Is that today? I read that today. Read oh. that today. Stemming from a difference of philosophy. Gary Kubiak wanted to run a zone offense. Look at those two tailbacks. Does that worry you? And um, you know I'm going to make a joke about it, but... Does it worry you that, like... I don't I don't want to see Gary like Kubiak maybe or Jackson. No, I don't, no, no, I don't. I don't not him. But the other shoe... What do you Fla- mean? I think it opens the door to Flacco Jackson. Don't Jackson's even though. talk about that. I don't want, I mean. Don't even. Hey, Johnny Fart time. Sorry, wake you up, bud. Johnny Naps. Sorry, buddy. Johnny Naps. At least he Jesus owns up to it. He's a, a stand tall dude. I like it. Okay. okay. So we're just today. shooting the shit a little bit about some of the moves uh, this week and stuff that doesn't have to do with the playoffs. Um. 
let's just let's get into it because we're gonna like get bogged yeah. down by all this information. Okay. There's a lot of stuff. You didn't notice that I was recording, eh? Okay, that's cool. Those are the best combos. Perfect. I would um, I would have preferred that you one last standing. Oh, okay, well either way. One last thing, and it goes to what we we've been talking about. So I don't think it's rocket science to make a statement that the league has recently shifted to a young man's league more than ever. Um, and whether it's a coincidence or not, following that success of young talent with multiple, multiple teams hitting in multiple rounds in the draft for the last three years in a row, um, you're seeing a young head coach hiring trend. And you think that there's a direct correlation between youth in players and youth in coaching? Yeah, I think it I think that I think more so than his scheme and his genius in Sean McVay, they're seeing he the relationships. Relate. He can relate the, to a younger exactly. player. How about this? How about it's moving towards a more youth driven league because it's more financially viable to put together a team of youth. It's more financially viable from a contractual standpoint well, to that's get the, within that first five year window. Everyone's trying to be not everyone, but for the most part, a lot of teams are trying to be the Seattle Seahawks. They're trying to hit like they did with the Russell Wilson on the rookie contract, build the team around it, and then hope in the time where then you have to pay that guy, you can let go of some of the other guys, and then he can pick up the pieces and lead what's left. Doesn't it seem and that's so exactly simple? what Russell Wilson has done? I totally agree with you, but doesn't it seem so simple talking about it? Like, oh, talking it, about hey, it right now, like absolutely. being able to. To accomplish that is about finding blue chip players on top of blue chip players on top, on top of blue chip players, and then knowing who to lose. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Because if you let go somebody who is iconic, okay, yeah, it changes the dynamic of your football team. Whereas if you let go somebody who doesn't really have a significant impact, except from a salary cap standpoint, then you've made the best business decision possible. I agree with that. And I don't mean Jalen Ramsey against Dallas either. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Let's get down to brass tacks, gentlemen. If I was informed correctly, the clock is ticking. Is that right? Is that right? The clock is ticking? We want to get out of here tonight? What was his name in that movie? The Wolf? The Wolf. The Wolf. And you know what? Remember that, okay? <laughs> uh, where am I? We're right here. Welcome back to Talking Pigskin, episode 26. I am your host, Jared McKeon, a.k.a. The Cowboy. Mike the Jag sitting across from him. And Johnny Stats. Johnny Sleepy has awoken from the nap. Johnny nap time. Johnny naps. All right, so um, I feel like this is more like a a meeting of the minds that the listener gets a little sneak peek at because we didn't really need to do a podcast this week. I don't think that... Any, or I mean a second podcast this week, but I figured that content is content, and if you have a podcast, then you should podcast. So the three of us are here. There's kind of hard to disagree with four that football logic. games this weekend, <laughs> and I feel like upon further review, there's a lot of things that we either missed or got sidetracked with. Like I know that when. Uh, when you turned into Johnny Fontaine last week oh. during the uh, oh Maron, oh. Uh, it totally took me me personally out of my um, I don't know I guess my analysis or the the 
the obviousness that like they kept talking about in the 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 giant or sorry the Giants the Chargers in the the Ravens game mm-hmm. about them playing four down linemen and seven DBs mm-hmm. and while you weren't wrong talking about Derwin James the way you were because he did affect that game mm-hmm. I was more impressed with the uh, coinciding with the seven DBs how they moved Ingram and Bosa inside to defensive tackle and then actually put a corner or a safety down to contain the edge and ha- and like have them one-on-one with Lamar and then you saw what Ingram did in the game like him rushing from the DT was crazy I think he changed the game more than than Derwin or what the uh, sixth or seventh DB did because like and don't get me wrong it was a beautiful game plan they they used that package 38 more snaps than any other team has in a game all season long. Okay, they did so, 56 times. Okay, so going to Foxborough this Sunday, they need to throw out that game plan. I, and, oh, I'm, well, okay. I'm so glad you said Perfect. that. And I think because of that, I think that they're trying to go, they're going to try to go run heavy. Especially because now that, and, and it, you left it open-ended, there's supposed <clears> to be about five inches of snow mm-hmm. at kickoff time in, on Sunday in that and, game. And the LA Chargers are going to and, massive friggin' juices. And the LA Chargers went back, back, to Cali, Cali, after playing in Baltimore last week. I didn't have the biggie drop ready, so. No. <laughs> uh, but another 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff, so people are going to have to wake up extra early on Sunday morning on the West Coast. Hey, it, but, like, how does that transpire? Like, what what do the Chargers have to do? I don't see the Rams getting a lot of 1 o'clock kickoffs. I mean, I'm not... It, and who was it last week Is there a said, case to be made? Who it, Someone said last week that they feel that... Um, those uh, was it? Uh, I can't remember who it was, and I don't want to butcher it. But mm-hmm. someone said that they felt like they don't want the Chargers to win. A Chargers player said that. That they feel like they're so getting back to that defensive line. Oh, that's what it was. It was topic. a Chargers player because the the Melvin Gordon touchdown that was that wasn't, and then the f- and then the fump, and then they let the guy return it a hundred yards. So the fa- the fans went mental in that game. They thought they had another defensive touchdown. And then it gets called back, and then all of a sudden Melvin Gordon scores the next play. And then even then, the refs didn't want to put their arms up. Going back to the D-line conversation, <laughs> I think that one of the most underrated defensive tackles in football is Corey Legit. He's legit, okay? Yep. Out of Illinois, which is a very small school, and I only bring it up to talk about how he didn't go up against unbelievably raw talent, but he came into the league and evolved his game, okay? Okay. Um, I like the small school talent. You know that. I've argued with you about You have it. argued at nauseum that Power 5 means fuck all, but I will disagree considerably for reasons that are not on the podcast. But yeah, go on. No, you, I, I've, you well, dismissed it as not mattering well, as, you, as much as I was making it. As you said like. last week, I'm, I'm just trying to create views. Yeah. That's it, man. <laughs> jumped on my back are. and tried to slip my throat. Whoa, all, I didn't even leave my chair, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> But you know what, though? There is an entire offseason to talk about that. You're right. Believe you me, I will ad nauseum. Now, that defensive line that the Chargers bring to the table, I feel like they're going to give Tom Brady fits. And I think they can do it by rushing four, like we talked about before, and just leaving seven DBs to just, hey, hang out there. So here's my question. Because I haven't wavered on my pick for this week. On really almost any pick, no, except got, for the one that I said I'm waiting to see the spread on. You've got New England. You had them last week. I'm picking week. New England. You got them now. And on my, I'm going to make more than one parlay, I think, this week. And on my big ticket, I'm taking like four points in Gillette. I'll, sure, I'll lay those. Um, but my, my question to you, especially because you said throw the game plan out, and I don't disagree. Now, let me, let me 
make this point. The Chargers, not only did they eclipse that total by any other team of 7 DBs, uh, they've also led the league in playing with 5 and 6 DBs on the field throughout the season. Well, that's I didn't stat. know that. That is an interesting I've done, I've, statistic. I've done a lot of homework very, very and a lot statistic. of listening. Do they keep their linebackers things. off the field because of performance, or do they do it because of scheme? So, okay. I think the best way to explain this is if... Think about touch football. Okay. If you were playing a touch football with a uh, a game with a bunch of big six foot two dudes that look somewhat slow, mm-hmm. you might. If it was a regular football game, you would think, "Oh, we, we might have to match brute with brute," and mm-hmm. and you know what I mean, bang in the trenches. They decided, let's put some fast athletic guys on, and while we can't maul them over, we're gonna beat them to the spot, and then we're gonna trust our gang tackling mentality, and we'll and we'll take them out and strengthen numbers. So they. So to me, it was like a touch football uh i guess ideology mm-hmm. of when you play a team with a big clunker looking dudes and you're a small fast team spread them out horizontal and beat them ver- like you know what i mean use the speed of exactly and that's exactly so inside, it's yeah. it's a loose maybe not the best analogy but just for the for the the key point of they chose to beat the ravens to the spot right. and then trust their strength in numbers so now you said throw that out and i tend to agree but the Chargers don't play man-to-man defense very often. No, there is a coverage team. Yeah, and yeah. what's Brady do better than anyone? He picks apart zones. He get, but he gets rid of that ball real really quick. quick. So if they're not going to be up and press, bump, and run coverage... You're going to give Tom Brady more than enough time than he needs. And then Bosa and Ingram are all of a sudden neutralized. Because the ball is either going past so the screens, going over their heads. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that concrete, this is going to happen and this is going to happen. But when you break it down like that, it's like... How can you okay. bet against Tom? Then let's then <laughs> let's then let's break it down for the sake of expedience and convenience. When I think about the running game for both football teams, I give the edge to the Chargers, okay? And I give the edge to the Chargers because the Patriots don't have a pure running game. They have a James White, they have a Rex Burkhead, they have a Corderell Patterson, but it's not a true run game. Melvin Gordon is a true power back. Is their screen game consistent enough where it's an extension of the run game? I hate that saying. I, so do I. It's a, it's, it's a it's, long handoff, and I thank, hate it. Thank you. Thank you. What I see that as is I see it as a very short pass play. I don't see it as a long run play. It's You know what that is? It's like people can, in, that are complaining about um, still using the term front seven when no one plays with a front seven anymore. Everyone's a nickel as their Because base. everybody thinks that there's four down lines. So do you want me to say front six? Do you want me to say front six and confuse you? Or should I say front four and then talk about the linebackers separately? Now, if we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys, when you talk about the front six, that's really all that matters. It's true. So It is true. But back back to this game. So I give the edge to Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. I do. I like Eckler coming on the backfield catching the ball. I like Melvin Gordon to do everything else. I think James White is extremely capable. I think Cordero Patterson is not going to have an unbelievably great game because... It's a good, oh, that's a good point. Johnny Stats firing Yeah, up. As, as you're reading that, well, I'll counter. Sony Michelle too, right? Yeah, but, he, but again, as a rookie, he's, a he's not... Injured, though. And there's been a change of pace with him right. and James, yeah. James White with Sony Michelle. So they, hold on a second. Yeah. Um, I, agree, I tend to agree with you. I would, especially because of Melvin Gordon, and he's had a couple weeks since coming back from the injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but, they've, like, that, the, the cornerback room in New England isn't as weak as people think. I mean, Stephon Gilmore is was a top a, three back. He's an all pro. He's a, he's top and JC Jack and JC Jackson has played a lot better the last month, month and a half, who was a liability at times early in the season. And like, and again, I'm not, I still don't think he can cover. I don't think he can, but okay. If, if they don't travel and they, they try to exploit him with Keenan Allen, 
then Keenan Allen might they're going to be able to get that one-two one punch with Gordon and Allen. And Keenan Allen could have 10 catches on 12 targets. If Gilmore is locking down Allen That's successfully, I will put faith in J.C. Jackson to shut down uh, Mike Williams. Fans, watch the game inside of the game. Absolutely. Watch Keenan Allen and Stephon Gilmore work because if you like anything that involves offense and defense, it's going to happen right there. That's a good point. And I like Joey Boza going up against an... I will say that the offensive line for the New England Patriots has not performed incredibly well this whole season. Tom Brady was a 17th ranked passer in football. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying he hit the turf. He hit the turf an incredible amount of times, but you see Tom Brady staying clean for four, five, six straight games. I didn't see that this year. I saw him getting hurried. I saw him getting pushed back in the pocket. Are we forgetting that the Patriots are 8-0 at home this year? Are we forgetting that I read a statistic earlier today that I'm going to butcher because <laughs> it's feelings, not facts, that Sandy, uh, LA has never won in New England, including well, playoffs? And, and, like and, and Johnny brought it up stupid. that Rivers is 0-7 against Brady. So that has to change. There's Actually, something... they have won in New England, but it was against Matt Castle. I heard, oh, I heard two, I, 2009. Okay, I did right, hear that enough. today. Yes, when he took that year when Tom Brady tore apart his knee. Um, That's right. Matt Castle went 11-5, and the Patriots did not go to playoffs that year. That is correct. Uh, Imagine 11 wins and not going to playoffs. Oh, boy, I'd be rattled. Yeah. Um, okay, so we did say that we wanted to do like 10 minutes per. And I'm still taking the Chargers. I, I'm not. Okay, well, I I'm, see, I, like, like I said, I'm going uh, New England money line. Yeah. And on my big ticket, I'm taking New England to cover the points. But I am going to sprinkle a, a separate with only the Chargers covering. I'm not going to sprinkle anything small with... Uh, with them money line. Have you wavered at all, or are you still sticking with New England, Johnny? I would still stick with New England on okay. this one. And we want to try to we want to try to go rapid, expedient. Okay, so and yeah, they ten minutes per game. We're looking years. at like like what forty minutes? Forty minutes to get the fuck out of Dodge. <laughs> There's gonna be I a little mean, bit when of you're good. You're gonna, I mean, when you're good, you're good. I'm setting shit up <laughs> a little you're bit. Good, you're good. Yo, do you remember that cameo that Quentin Tarantino had in that scene in the kitchen in Absolutely. his house? I would I would love to rehearse it, but unfortunately, it's extremely derogatory and racist. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, but that that cameo is great. Moving on. All right, all right. So let's transition into these uh, from one LA team to another, if you will. Uh, Cowboys traveling to the Rams, and we talked last week definitely about the. Um, the, let's say, lack of a home crowd that the Rams might be facing. and It could be a Dallas home game as much as it could be an L.A. home game. It could be. Now, we we talked a little bit about it, and um, we also said that we weren't necessarily uh, saying it was going to be traveling fans from Dallas, and that's been confirmed. Uh, 30% of the aftermarket tickets have been sold out of state. So Great I'm going to say stat. that off the top of my head, I think at least 20% of the tickets that have been bought aftermarket from in-state are going to be in-state Cowboys fans. So now we're looking at about 50% of the crowd. They are estimating that the Cowboys fans could be 60 to 70% in this game. That's crazy. When Sean, whoops, when Sean McVay, sorry about that, when Sean McVay was asked about it earlier on this week, this is his response, and I just want to ask you afterwards, or beforehand, to listen to his tone when I play this. We're hoping to see a lot of Rams fans come out. Does that sound like a little, a little desperate? But my, my problem is, is when you're 
when you're the number two seed and you've had an incredible season and you arguably have one of the best defensive linemen uh, ever. Why are you hoping that? In what world do you need to hope fans will come see you play? In the world where they know that it's going to be a lot of blue and silver in there. Now, that doesn't win the Dallas Cowboys the game. No. Okay? Um, and experience isn't going to win the Dallas Cowboys the game either. Because it's time to play a little trivia. Mikey, who was the oldest starter on either side of the ball last week for the Dallas Cowboys? The oldest, who was it and what's his age? The oldest starter on the Dallas Cowboys. Last week against Seattle in the wildcard game on either side of the ball. Defense, offense, or yes, defense or, or offense. I was going to say special teams, but then that ruins it. Oh, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. You sort of gave me a little bit of a And hint. he's not a starter. No, I see what you did there. You gave me a little bit of a hint. I don't know. The answer is Zach Martin at 28 years old. That's like a trick question, though. That's crazy. That's Why? Like, it's a trick question because you wouldn't think somebody in their prime as being the oldest player on the football team. Well, you got to remember that he played five years for Notre Dame and was a grown-ass man coming out, and then he's been in... <laughs> Johnny's chuckling because he, he's thinking of Zeke fucking drop last week. Um, but yeah, it, th- I think that that... So, it, like I said, it's they're not going to win based off experience. But much like I said about Darius Leonard not knowing any better last week, this Cowboys team doesn't know any better. But you know who does know better? Like, Aaron Donald is going to hit Dak Prescott. He, he will. For and me think, to say that he's... It, oh, believe it when I see it. Like, mm, that would be some dumb shit. Mm. However, in two career games, he has not registered a sack against the Cowboys. That is an interesting statistic. However, he's registered a hell of a lot of, of uh, a sack this year. So it's he's no different. coincidence that I just brought up Zach Martin and you counter with Aaron Donald. No, no... uh pregame here that, that no. brought that. Now, I hope I see them squaring off against each other a lot. Because to me, that means that the Cowboys earlier in the game were successful with Connor Williams and Joe Looney double-teaming him. And now he's choosing to go up against Zach Martin. Because that's only going to be advantage Cowboys, in my opinion. Now, what are the odds of us seeing that? <coughs> so my issue is with this game is, I don't know what the Rams' defensive scheme is going to look like. I don't know if they're going to just take their four defensive linemen and pound Dallas as hard as they can and play coverage and say Dak beat us. Or, I don't know if they're going to load up the box and tell Mark Barron, listen, you're free safety, you're strong safety, you're inside linebacker, you stop the run at all costs. Oh, good luck with that. So Because that's the, that's the weakest part of their defense, what is that I'm, linebacking core. What I'm trying to tell you is, I have no idea how they're looking to stop the Dallas Cowboys. Because you have two choices. You make Dak a passer, or you tell Zeke, run through eight guys in the box. Even nine sometimes. So... If they leave it up to Dak and they say, all right, Dak, here's here's our four d- d- uh, defensive linemen. Everybody else is going to get dropped back in coverage. Advantage LA. Okay. I if, can't disagree with that. If if the Rams say, you know what? We're going to we're going to prevent Zeke from having a big game rushing, no touches, everything. Yep. My primary concern there is they're going to bite off more than they can chew. Okay. I think that, that if that defense schemes against Zeke, they will bite off more than they can chew. Because you believe in the Cowboys' wide receiving core all no, of a sudden? because I believe in the Cowboys' offensive line. Okay. So they're, they're, the cohesion? That unit is looking the best that it has in and I believe, a long time. And I believe in the run game. 
So if I'm the LA Rams, I want Dak Prescott to beat me through the air, throwing the ball 35 times and the way 40 times a game. The way that I achieve that is by rushing my four best. And look, you're going to get Fowler coming off the edge. You're going to have Donkey Kong, Sue, and see, Aaron Donald rate. Right, and right I want to see Fowler limited because then that means we're in third and short consistently. And you can't be out there for pass, uh, passing downs that are guaranteed. Are you prepared for the possibility, and I think it's more than a possibility, that Ndamukin Sue could eat Connor Williams' no, lunch? No, because You're not concerned about I that? Would mu- I, th- okay, you say that, then that means that... Now, okay, basically whoever's lined up over top of uh, Connor Williams is getting double-teamed by Joe Looney. Because the rest of the line can handle their one on one matchups. I can't disagree with that. I can't. I can't so disagree to with me, that, yeah. if I'm watching that, then beautiful. Because then that means I got my best offensive lineman against their best defensive lineman, and all of a sudden it's the uh, the Senior Bowl all over again. Aaron okay. Donald versus Zach Martin. Okay. So Very, hey, good point. Yep, same class. Yep. Um. Fair enough. So to me, I think that the Rams offense, them. See, I don't want to go into the Rams' office yet, but we're rapidly approaching 10 minutes. Um, I think that the Rams' defense is up to those corners more so than Donald in this game. Um, because Amar, have you, did you hear Amari's comments this week? And I kind of forgot that like, he used to play in that AFC West. So like he knows Aqib Tlaib. He knows Marcus Peters. And while he doesn't have the greatest career numbers against either one of them, I'm going to say that that lends to me not like believing in Amari before he was had a star on his helmet. So I think that if he was playing against those guys back then and, and he was playing the way he is now with okay. Dak Prescott, then it might be a different story. So, And the other thing, those, uh, those corners are gamblers. So I think that we can kind of bait them into some, some stop-and-go type stuff. Maybe Amari Cooper can. I think Michael Gallup can too, because that's basically his best move as as a route runner right now, as that's, a rookie. That's what what he's got. Yeah, he's got. That's how he scored his first career touchdown against Washington. He's not going to beat you running routes. He's going to beat mm. you trying to fake you out. He's, he's, he's going to be. He's got a better chance of stutter stepping. Yes. So yes. let's let's go from as the he mac- goes. Yes. Let's go from the macroscopic, the big picture, to the microscopic, to the small picture. Um, running backs versus running back. It has to be a wash. It has to be. Uh, it I has to be. Regardless, of at how the you very feel least, for Zeke. the Cowboys' success, it needs to be a wash. That doesn't spell oh, good for that. the Rams if it's a wash. Anybody who and I think the pressure on the Cowboys' D, like the transition to it, that Cowboy, the the pressure to the Cowboys' D line on Goff, like what does Goff not do when he's got pressure in his face? He doesn't perform well. He doesn't have that accuracy. But you know as well as I do that he can get the ball out of his hands as quickly as anybody. He can. So I mean, if their game but plan, my, is I trust my, I almost trust my my young corners without price tags more than. The guys that I gotta go go up against on Saturday night, I really do, and I said that in the off season. If Eli Manning doesn't throw a stupid pass in the end zone in the last game of the season, Awuzie has no interceptions. Okay. So like, I'm not trying to utilize the picks number as a fair stat because there were guys that had seven. You sound like Everson Walls trashing Byron Jones for getting lost on that Tyler Lockett 65 yard play. The Atlanta Falcons had uh, some a gentleman named Kazia. I forget his name. I'm butchering it. He had seven picks. They didn't go to the playoffs. That's not, hey, that's not a determined Kyle vote. Fuller didn't get all pro votes, and Byron that's, Jones did. That's hilarious, though. I, you know what? I listened to Albert. Uh, or sorry, Yeah, Albert. Albert uh, no, who was it? Andy ben- uh, Benoit? I don't know. Andy Benoit, Monday morning quarterback, mm-hmm. detail how he voted to Byron Jones over Kyle Fuller, and it was the way that 
his play dictates where the ball goes rather than the rest of the defense dictating the ball going to Kyle Fuller's direction. And I kind of like that rationalization. Can't disagree. Um, um, back to that picture. So receivers so versus receivers. Uh, I like my receiver. I'm not scared of Robert Woods. Dallas. Yeah, I'm taking Dallas with the points and on the money line. Are you taking Dallas to cover? Absolutely not. I'm not taking Dallas to win. But are you taking them to cover seven? Seven points? Seven no. points. No, no. eh? Wow. The, da- okay. the Dallas Cowboys are 0-5 in divisional games since Super Bowl thirty. The Dallas- okay, here's some more trivia as we're approaching the 10-minute mark. Last time the Dallas Cowboys won a road playoff game. Why do you keep giving me Dallas Cowboys trivia? Like, why don't you throw Because, a just think, just think. Well, they've got three fucking playoff wins in the last 25 years, so what, figure it out. What was your, your, your question? When was the last time the Dallas Cowboys won a road playoff game? A road playoff game. I have no I'll idea. answer it for you. But January '93 NFC Championship game, Candlestick Park against the 49ers. You everyone, went, you went everyone the said, everyone, like everyone said that they were a year away from being oh, the team. Know. Everyone said they were too early. Everyone said they didn't have the experience. All right. I love the correlations. Okay. Michael oh. Michael Gallup. Yeah, you, you can draw parallels until the cows come home. The Alvin, I also Har- see the them, Alvin Harper game. Bro. I see a parallel with last year's Jacksonville Jaguars more than I do with any other team. You're so, okay, I'm going to torch you that, on that on the offseason because you are so unbelievably fucking wrong about that. You take away Blake Bortles and Dak Prescott insofar as they're... And Zeke Elliott and, and Demarcus wins. Lawrence... And fucking this guy, and that guy, and this guy, and the entire linebacking core. Oh, so the, so the defense is... Don't get me going on this because you're so fucking wrong, and I don't want to go into it right now. They eh? Sorry? Okay. They're not comparable, Who? the defenses between Jacksonville's last year and Dallas's this year. There's no, no. comparison. No. You can't even draw parallels between no. the two. No, you guys were Saxonville last year. You don't even want to draw parallels. You don't even want to look and say, man, they had really talented young defense, really deep defensive line, you know, corners that can ball. Fine, forget it. Forget I guess. It. I, if forget you, it. On surface. On forget the surface, it. sure. On the surface. Uh, let me just check my notes here quick, make sure there's nothing else. Uh, I like the... I like the uh, I like that hu- the human log has been getting some national media attention, and it's mm. because he was a teenager starting for USC, and everyone seems to forget about that until he goes back home to LA to play. But that's that's there. The one thing that concerns me to this game is Cole Beasley hasn't practiced all week, and neither is Blake Jarwin, both with high ankle sprains. And there goes the middle of the field for Dak. So Tavon better have one hell of a revenge game against the team that traded him away on day three of the draft. This past year, it's just so. too bad he's not talented. Took the to words out of Wade Phillips' mouth. Oh, revenge game—that's what he called this. That's, uh, I can't wait till Mike eats crow next week. Has he had a big game? Uh, did you watch the game at my house with us last Saturday? You, you thought he had a big game? He changed that game. Where's his? If it wasn't for a bad fucking block, then that's one touchdown. He changed the field position sixty yards on the next punt return. So because he can return punts. Yes. You think that, 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 that he changed that game. And the, and, the, and the jet sweep for a three-yard loss that you were scoffing at, and I said they need to run it, and that's a good play because the next time they run that and they don't give it to him and the linebacker shifts and Zeke takes, off for, and action, Zeke yeah. takes off for 44 yards on a run. No, not play action. That's where you're missing it is that the fucking the pre-snap right. motion changes everything in the second level, and that's all it takes for Zeke is a crease that big. Okay. So here's 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 an issue that we're facing, okay? You know so much about the Dallas Cowboys that anything that doesn't compute in your head immediately, you dispute and dismiss. Mm. You have such a vast When knowledge. I know I'm right. When don't you know you're right with the Dallas Cowboys? 
when they were three and five, and I booked a fucking trip that I'm leaving for in uh, nine hours. So there are 31 other teams. There are 31. Uh, and I know quite a bit about a lot of those. Do I do I want to talk about the playoff predictions that I made before a game was played this year? No, no, you already posted that. Oh, and okay. There was there was one short, but the knowledge you possess of the Dallas Cowboys affects your ability to view a bigger picture or any kind of comparison. Nah, not, no? No, not no? at all. Okay. Not at all. All right, then. Uh, no. Be, well, then argue with another Cowboys the, the fan teams, and see how the conversation the goes. I guarantee you are one-sided, bro. different. The teams are different. I guarantee you. I'm not doing this conversation. One-sided. I'm not doing this conversation right now. I'm all not right. getting derailed. Okay, next, next subject. Okay, so Colts, Chiefs. I know we kind of went uh, in a weird God. order here, but um, that doesn't matter. Who cares? We went chronological earlier in the week. So... Uh, the big thing that I'm hearing from all the research I've done this week is that um, everyone expects the Colts to do better in their zone defense than what every other team has done this year against Pat Mahomes in their zone defense. Uh, just some quick stats for Mahomes this year against zone defenses. 68% uh, completion rate, 8 yards per attempt, 14 TDs, 0 interceptions. Okay, That's the best in the league against the zone defense. All of those numbers are actually worse than his stats against man-to-man. So, switch it up there, Colts, because it doesn't matter. The way that I feel is that the offense in this game doesn't matter. And the way that I feel about this football game is it's going to be who decides to play defense first. Because I feel that both teams can score 35 to 40 points and still win. I think both teams will. So, regardless of, 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 of a scoring prediction, it's going to come down to who plays better defense. And you say, well, defense wins championships. That's a pretty base, uh, superficial stat, uh, fact. Yeah. But in this game in particular, because of Kansas City's Swiss cheese defense for the first half of the season, and then they started to figure it out towards the end, but it didn't matter because they knew that they had Pat Mahomes. The, the Colts have learned how to win. Absolutely. The Chiefs have kept winning off the back of Patrick Mahomes' mad numbers. There is a different psychology that the Indianapolis Colts go into this football game with. It is completely different. That defense has a chip on their shoulder that Kansas City's defense couldn't even imagine. Do they still? Or... or- or, Why wouldn't they? Well, because now they're getting all the fucking, now they're getting all the uh, best chances and under best best dark horse chance to get to the Super Bowl. So I see that as still being Philadelphia, even though they're, they're the cool. defending champions, because of how they backed into the playoffs. The Colts didn't back into the playoffs. They were <coughs> one of the hottest teams in football and stayed hot. I don't know if you could say the Eagles backed into the playoffs when they took them beating the Rams on the road, the the Texans, and then another road game in Washington to get there. Did they get in? Uh, in the last game of the season? Yeah, because okay. the Vikings lost. I understand, but that's just, them backing in. I'm trying to say that when you get into the playoffs, by whichever manifestation of the last game I of the season... I can't believe I just shot the Eagles bail. No, no, but I, I'm <laughs> trying to say to you that if your if your playoff chances comes down to the last game of the season, I don't care what the manifestations or the mass, machinations are to make that occur. That's backing into the playoffs. If you go in hot as shit, like the Indianapolis Colts, but we're the hottest team in football, that's the opposite of backing in. I agree. I don't think that they're the same thing uh, personally. I, I agree with your Colts point. I don't agree that the Eagles backed in. So back to this football game. I think that whoever decides to play defense first wins, and I genuinely think that it's going to be the Indianapolis Colts, and I think it's going to be 38-35 or 38-34 for Indy. So I said on Sunday night that there's not a chance I'm picking uh, now to stop betting on Mahomes. Yeah. Um, and I maintain that. You said 50-plus touchdowns in September. You did. I, I did. Um... Colts are plus six currently. I'd love to see if that, that line moves again. I thought it was again. five and a half. It doesn't matter, but... 
Uh, see, and it's, see, that's looking. the game that's been moving a lot. Um, just, cause even here, it's been going up I'll and down, up and down. Pull What's it the up? weather can in you, Kansas City? Can you, hold on, John, can you, uh, um, hold on a second here. Uh, I think, okay, before we get to this, I just want to say that, uh, better than any pick of a team Freeze. to win the, the game, Snowflake. I think the best bet for this game is the Colts over 12.5 points for the first half. That's a great bet. It's minus one thirty, so you gotta you yeah. gotta lay one thirty to win a hundred. Really but that's I think that's though. the best bet on Wild Card Weekend is the Colts over twelve and a half points at the end of the first half. It's an obscure line because twelve is such a weird number. It's an obscure line because if they don't figure it out in the first half, I mean they're one of the most efficient offenses in, in football. Sec- so uh, yeah. Um but <sighs> Luck, thirty nine touchdowns. He had a great year. Um, who's got the better tight end this year? Who's got the better tight end this year going into this football game? Kelsey. This year? Yes, Kelsey. He's got like 168 targets and 135 catches. Eric Ebron has 13 touchdowns. I know he does. Where does it matter when you catch the football? Kelsey's got 11. We'll see how many they both have at the end of this game. Right, I'm just trying to... Because I like Marlon Mack and and uh, T.Y. Hilton in fantasy points in this game. Because I don't think that Casey's going to be able to stop the run. Well, is Casey starting? But, who's Casey's starting? Charmander West. Actually, uh, I think it'll be Damian Williams. You got that, eh? Charmander and West. His name's Char- Char- Kendrick, but yeah, I like Charmander because he was like Pokemon as a kid. What? Whoa. It's Williams starting, I think. Yeah, it'll be D- Damian, Damian Williams. Williams. Yeah, because they signed him to an extension before so, the year ended. Right? I just stumbled upon but I'm what sure I think. That West my, is still signed. Uh, I just stumbled upon what I think the key to the game is because I believe that Mac can run all over this Casey defense, but it'll be. I agree. A matter of can Casey score early to potentially push the Colts uh, into a, a an adjustment where they have to deviate from their game plan to run the ball. I've heard a lot of people say that they don't think that the Chiefs can uh, maintain a big enough lead throughout the game where they ignore Mac, where, like, Sean McVay has shown a tendency to avoid the run in big games. And we both commented that after the... Uh, the fifty four fifty one game, they were like, Why we were surprised that Gurley didn't really do anything against that KC defense. And where was Todd Gurley? And that's that's locked on Rams guy saying that that's Sean McVay's tendency as a coach in big games. So did D Ford have a Pro Bowl season this year? Uh, you could argue it. He you could was, argue he didn't. He was the other one that had ten plus sacks, right? Right. That defensive tackle. What's the dumbest name? Chris, the the Chris. only defense left in the playoffs that had a D line with t- two guys with ten plus sacks. Is the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, that's a fun stat. Who's the gentleman in the middle? Chris, Chris something, Chris Smith, Chris Jones, Chris something. Uh, Chris Jones. Yeah, he's got a real like he's common a big, name, but he's big, played long, un- freaky dude. Yeah, he's played uncommon. He's he's played very very well. Okay, so he's the he 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 and D Ford are the lone bright spots on that defense. I mean, you can't tell me there's anybody in, in the secondary that scares you except for Eric Berry, who's been a fighter his entire life. Be- that's yeah, leukemia. that's true. You love that story. I, and, buddy, I'm not James Conner, Eric you. Berry. I love all those stories about guys beating cancer. Uh, Johnny, listen to them all day. Can you look up the uh, Colts line on Bovado? No. Um, sorry. That's a first. So pretty please, with sugar on top. Do you think you can fucking do something? Bovado, B-O-V-A-D-A. Oh, like Bovado. Bavada. Did I say Bavado? Yeah. B-A-V-A? Uh, B-O-V-A-D-A. Oh, no. Colts Chiefs line. Um, 
So, uh, uh, with the random uh, Pulp Fiction drops there, I just realized that I forgot, uh, I buried the lead, and then didn't bring it up in, in the Cowboys 10 minutes, and I know we went over, but this will be quick. So, I've, we've, you've heard Johnny and I doing the wolf howling. Um, mm-hmm. We didn't mention 55 when we did our, our thing. And uh, philosophically, to hunt the wolf, you need to be the wolf, right? No? You're rolling your eyes at me? I just want to know where you're going with this. I'm saying that the wolf that he needs to be this week... Mm-hmm. I wish the wolf. I solve problems. Okay, he needs to be Winston Wolf and be the problem solver. Okay, come in there, be a cleaner, clean things up, shut down Todd Gurley, let the Predator 54 go in there and, and, and disrupt as well. The human log up the middle, you got 90 on the outside. But 55 needs to be that problem solver. Does he get a cup of coffee, too? It doesn't. Hey, it doesn't show it? Well, it's not letting me sign in saying it's... But oh. Does that make any sense to you? Can you yeah, talk? minus five. Beautiful. Okay. Thank you, sir. Okay, so minus five in Vegas. So that's that's a full point lower than what we've got here in Canada. Um, that's... I'd like important. to point out that uh, Johnny's stats show me that it's going to be uh, 32 degrees Fahrenheit tomorrow with snow showers yes. in Kansas City. You better believe that that affects the Indianapolis Colts. I'm still taking them, and I still think they can score. You talked about Marlon Mack. I think they have one of the best young offensive lines in football. Yeah, I said it. Um, you guys torched me last week, and actually I didn't catch it live, but I heard it listening back when you said, what are you, fucking Reader's Digest? When I said balmy, that was really good. Like, congratulations to both of you. I'm glad you torched me, but you just triggered my mind. So listen up. We don't hear the term anymore. And once Peyton Manning retired, nobody says wintry mix. Remember in the mid-2000s, everyone's like, oh, Manning on the road against New England. There might be a wintry mix, you know, you know, because there was that one 2003 championship there was, and he didn't throw the ball well that game. Uh, <laughs> so here's the thing, though. Is there going to be a wintry mix? No, bro, but freezing rain's a thing when it goes on the football, and you're trying to throw the Yo, wintry mix is funnier than Never. balmy. Bro, wintry mix sounds like the name of a body soap from Bed Bath & Beyond. Yeah, that does. It, it does. sounds like a hand soap that you get at the body shop. When I heard that, 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 that was Andy Benoit from the MMQV. When I heard that, I got a good chuckle out of that, and it instantly made me think of balmy, and then I was listening back on the drive home, and I, I heard the Reader's Digest comment and i fucking chuckled so well done there with i think that. the weather will make an impact let's not so kill, do I. let's not feed a let's not feed an overfed horse here yes one more gambling tip here i just recently heard that someone made a um uh offshore million dollar bet on the chiefs to cover the spread take that for what you will hashtag donald trump just saying just <laughs> Who knows? are the chiefs due to win this game Four games now they've played, and it's always gone the Colts' way. Come Man, postseason, they have the best so chance. Questions. They have the best chance to go to so the Super Bowl since Glenn Dawson. You know? they got, they, this is their best chance to go to a Super Bowl. You can't tell me that Trent Green and Larry Johnson and Priest Holmes had a better chance than this Kansas City team. Every game they played too have been real tight games. I, I'll be a, let, put it like let me put it this way: I, if the Colts win this game, it's not going to be a continuation of that. The Colts, or I mean, the Chiefs can't win after a bye, and Andy Reid after a bye, and this and that. I think it's going to be a very impressive continuation of this hot streak for the Colts, and I'll and I will give them their just due. Um, I'm all I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on Colts to cover the spread, but I'm definitely taking Chiefs money line and my big ticket. I'm taking Chiefs to cover. I want to drop. I want to drop one fact before. I think it's really tight until late. That's why I said and, 38, 35, 38, And 34. take the over 57 and a half. That's why I said 30. I couldn't agree more. 
Andy Reid is 20-3 and three after a bye, including the playoffs. But he was 16-0 and 0 after the bye. So he's 4-3 and three since he came from Philly. I heard that stat this week as well. Okay, but if somebody were to tell you that you're... <laughs> Just took that one and turned it right yeah, around. Yeah, but no, but if somebody were to table. say there's 23 games, you win 20 of them. Flip you. Flip you for real. The usual suspects? They about. You're saying 20 and 3, but like that it was 16 and 0. Speaking and of fucking. And and you hey, could, you hey. could write a book on that the decline changed. of Verbal Ken's career. Or, 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 uh, <laughs> you, could write, you could write a story. Let's not even it. get into him because he just did an in character public service announcement. Do you see that? It was, Frank it, was, Underwood? it was very it was hard to watch. It was but weird. speaking of movie references, there, uh, Johnny Fontaine. Bro, I got so many comments about that Godfather drop of just like oh same God. people saying they laugh their ass off. And a man but in my position can't be made to look ridiculous. ridiculous. But it made me think of something, and both of you, both of you, last week, made me think at a certain point in time during the podcast of Tony Montana's mother in Scarface. And first is you. Oh, I gotta get there. First, it's you, Johnny Fontaine. I gotta get there. You and your gay manners, okay? And you, Johnny, <laughs> with your fucking Nick Foles analysis. He's a bum, you know? He was a bum then, and he's a bum now. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Nick bum, uh, Nick bum, Nick Foles, <laughs> Nick Foles. <laughs> Nick Foles ain't a bum in bro, the playoffs, bro. Tell me. Oh, uh, but no. tell me that that shit don't just perfect, line up. No, like I'm perfect. looking for drops, but like, why, why didn't she do anything? The, the the what was her name in that movie? It played his sister, uh, uh, Gina. Yeah, Gina. Yeah. yeah, but what was Gina. her real name? Victoria something. Master Antonio is like a real Italian name. She didn't do many movies after that. No. You know, it was like her and Benny hooked up, and after that, it was like you know, she flew off like a bird. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, see, I knew I should have fucking got that drop. But either way, um, we got one more game have you guys game. wavered at all on that no, game? You no, both no. still locked in, in Colts in and me. love the spread, yeah. obviously. Yeah, I like the upset here. Okay. Uh, last game that we're going to talk about is also the last game of the weekend. And, uh, yeah, let's get into it. Okay, before we get into this Eagles-Saints game, Johnny, did you get Johnny? Did you get all the stats that I asked you to pick up for this game? I mean, that's all. I'm curt with you, it's because time is a factor. I think fast, I talk fast. I need you guys to act fast if you want to get out of this. Are those the notes you made? Is that all yeah, the notes you Johnny have for this notes, fucking game? Bud. Fucking Johnny Scripture over here, bud. Wow, I was going to just fucking give you a fucking shit. Bro, look at Johnny Psalms over here. I didn't think he did any of the fucking work. I didn't think he did any of the work, bro. I was about, to, I was about to give him a... Please, bro. Do me a favor, will you? <laughs> Do me a favor, will ya? How about you fucking don't give me the the I just work here drop and fucking give me some answers. Oh, this is awesome. Uh, but then you were kind of looking at me like John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. Please would be nice. Come again? I said a please would be nice. Yo, I'm not here for your fucking pleases, bro. Yo, Michael Thomas's numbers when you break them down like that, that's unbelievable. So pretty please. 125 catches on a buck 47 targets. Hey, All right, did you hear that? Game. Did you hear that? Well, let's not start sucking each other's dicks quite yet. 
All right, he's got the stats, but he hasn't read them yet. So let's hear what he's got to say. Well, uh, well, one quarterback, if you want to talk about touchdowns and interceptions, is 7-4. and four. The other one's 35-5. and five. Oof. One's got a brass statue, and the other one's Drew Brees. Who's never... <laughs> <laughs> one's got a stat, one's an active player with a statue, and the other bums never won fucking MVP. Yo, Johnny Gospel writer. Over and there. the other Let's one's go. never won MVP. Yeah. <laughs> but Nick Foles has got a Super Bowl MVP. Yo, how does he put on pants with those brass balls? Right? Yo, I never wanted. I never once thought of that all week. That this is a Super Bowl MVP versus a guy who's never won regular season MVP. But he's got a statue. Oh my god, that's fucking retarded. Nick bum, buddy, you just said it. Anyway, Nick bum, carry on. What Go on, Johnny. Yeah, yeah, I like the I like the op- I like the opening. Put me on the spot here, Johnny on the spot. <laughs> oh, yo, isn't that a shit house? Isn't that what yeah. you call a shitter? Oh wow, that's funny. Um, so okay, well then you can read over what you want to say. I I like everything that I said earlier, and that it's not just this Nick Foles magic that everyone is just enthralled with, but it is a. a a more aggressive game plan with this defense. That front four is getting after it. I don't think I've heard enough about Fletcher Cox having the ability to ruin this game. Um, with, what I and again, w- with all that said, I'm not wavering. Except for the one thing that we were both in the middle of last week. You said, what do you think this spread's going to be? Five and a half, six and a half? And I was like, bro, eight and a half, nine and a half. It's seven and a half, and it stayed there. Right. That's kind of enticing. So let me just break this game down as simply as possible. The run game advantage is in New Orleans' favor. That's not a conversation. Correct, especially after D, uh, missing an action last week, uh, Adams. Josh and Small Adams with 20, 20 yards. Well. So receivers. I'm going to go with Michael Thomas and company Yeah. versus what the Philadelphia Eagles can put out with Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson, and Aguilar collectively, okay? Now... That's where I'll agree with you about your comment last week about I don't lend any credence to game planning. I certainly do because last time they, no matter, like, there was a down last time where Kamara came in motion out of the backfield and into the same side of the field as Michael Thomas. And the Eagles committed four defenders to those two players and told everyone else to play man on man. And that's why uh, Traquan Smith had his, break, had his yeah. breakout yeah. game that, that there was game. nobody covering him. That's where I'll agree with you in that. I do uh, uh, respect the the change in game plan. There, there's no way they're going into the dome with the same philosophy of how they think they can win the game. That's not happening. I, agree I with just you. don't think it's going to be correct because the other guy on the other sideline, Sean Payton, he's kind of good at game plan. So the advantage <laughs> um, is for the secondary is in the New Orleans Saints' favor. Absolutely. Eli Apple has saved his career since coming to New Orleans, and, and it was a shaky start. Oh, okay. It was a shaky I'm glad start you to his New Orleans tenure. It was a shaky start, but now he's begun to figure it out. It's funny what happens when you play on an offense that's really productive, and you don't have to play as many snaps as a cornerback. But well um, So I really, really think that this defensive line mashup is a wash. Best defenders don't play very much, just to add to your point. Doesn't that make perfect sense? Best defenses stay off the field. If you're never on the field and your numbers are fantastic, your offense is doing something even more fantastic. Yep. So I think that the two defensive lines are a wash, in my opinion. And I say that because they're very Philadelphia is very, very deep. You've got Graham. You've got Fletcher Cox, who I think is 
one of the best, least talked about players. It's not that he's underrated. Everybody knows how good he is, but nobody talks about him. It's yeah. all about Aaron Donald. It's all about, you know, players that can really... I, I don't know. Is it household names? Anyway. I like the Saints in more aspects than I like. And I mean special teams. I'm going to take New Orleans. Not because I'm basing it off any kind of statistics. Not because I know who's going to be returning kicks on both sides. Because it could change. It could be Kamara for the entire game for the Saints. In which case it is a complete advantage against Smallwood or against Sproles. Yeah. But I like the New Orleans Saints collectively in more areas than I like Philadelphia. Yeah, I think... Uh... Uh, Jason Kelsey is still listed as questionable for oh, this game. Oh, he'll start. He'll, he'll I, I believe he he'll will, and I think that that could in... be maybe a detriment if if uh, that D-line gets going for the Saints and, and there's some pressure on Foles. I mean, uh, it's almost redundant to keep saying this, but like aside from that Super Bowl last year and that NFC Championship game, Nick Foles has been very fortunate to be on this roller coaster that he's been on. Uh, he did not look good in the first half of that Bears game. Um, he, he, you could say he looked bad. The we got okay. That <laughs> this did. is this is where it is. Where however many minutes we are into this podcast, about an hour. The reason why I wanted to do this podcast with you guys tonight, and, and thank you again for for coming on a Friday night, especially after you worked, um, and you working at twelve today, starting at four a.m. We all worked. Uh, fair enough. We got so. Um, taken away by the end of that football game that we all watched and that <laughs> double doink. Oh, man. And we, I'm not going to... celebrated it. We, we, we kinda, almost did. Double doink. Um, it's why I made the al- the first alternate cover art for an episode this week uh, with the with the old wrestlers and did the double doink there. Um, and I think I did a, the best job that I could saying I felt really bad. For Cody Parkey, and I felt real bad for Bears fans at that time. Yeah. Um, and I, I spoke high praise of some of the throws that I didn't think I would see Mitch make in that game, especially at some of the times that he made those throws in the game. And then I said, and that's the good. Um, I didn't ask anyone where was Khalil Mack in that game. He had a part in shutting down the run game, but where was Khalil Mack in that game? Uh, Eddie Jackson not playing that game was huge. Uh, Talking about last week's game. La- yeah, last just which is the reason why I wanted to do this podcast to have more of a thought out because even when we made our picks, it was gut feeling strictly. We did zero research. Mm-hmm. I know me personally, I've done a lot of research on all four games this week. Yeah, I want to make some money this weekend. Yeah, I busted my ass and I did absolutely none. So, um, <laughs> <clears throat> but nobody in this room thinks that the, the New Orleans Saints are going to lose on on Sunday. No, no I, one thinks that. But does anyone think that the Eagles can cover the spread and make it closer than a, a seven point, vic- uh, an eight point victory seven or more for the more. for the Saints? Because you asked me last week if it's an eight point spread, spread yeah. don't you look at that? And I was like, no. Well, now you I do. Kinda, I kind of might just because for the same reason that I'm kind of scared about this Cowboys Rams game now more so than I was earlier in the week. It's because it seems to be everyone's now on my Cowboys and everyone's picking them. I'm not. I. I mean, I'm glad you're not. <laughs> there's a lot of room on the bandwagon, but I mean, um, there's not. I don't know. Skirt. There's no way that the New Orleans Saints will not look offensively efficient. Yeah, I think that there's a better chance of the Chiefs or the Rams looking sluggish after the, the, the break than I believe that the Saints will. What upset is more likely, the Colts over the Chiefs or the Eagles over the Saints? 
Which Colts, upset Colts, is more Colts. Like, I said that last week. I agree that's with the that's the six seed that has a better chance of, of winning. One hundred percent. Still agree with that. I agree with um, I'd almost have to ask I would almost take the Colts. I would I would say more the Chargers in New England. Yeah, but that's a, that's, a five, that's a five. That's a five versus two. Though. I know, but just uh, yeah. No, but he's got a point though. So when you think team, about like, the bigger, all oh, the biggest. Yeah, like I said, I th- I think that they're my dark horse to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I'm not picking, and I'm not wavering from that. What you call the hedge? That's not a hedge. Um, I'm not wavering from the stances. I'm not picking the Chargers to win another playoff game unless they play the Colts. Yeah, and even in that, when I get to it, th- if that happens, then the Colts are going to have to look really good. And I think that the Chargers have a better chance of winning this weekend while not playing their best because I already, I just watched it. Yeah. Like that no one on that offense looked good against the Ravens really. It didn't matter except for the kicker. Here we are again talking about kickers. Yeah. Didn't say right? they, like uh, at least I had a second kicker too this week. Oh yeah. To, I wonder if some for kickoffs. Oh yeah. Isn't that strange? So do you know who that oh, tells me? Maybe, they or might they don't play some strategy. Or they don't want him straining his leg to get it to the end zone, and then all of a sudden he doesn't make. A, they watch with Janikowski happen to Janikowski. Or they play strategy. I wonder if that actually, if they have a, an open roster spot where they don't feel they have to go deep at another position group, where they saw what happened to the Seahawks, and they don't want their best opportunity for Philip Rivers to win his first Super Bowl to squander away because of a kicker. Or they're bringing in a place kicker who can put the ball in between the five yard line. And the goal line, and make the returner make a decision, because that, I, a touchback that, is to the twenty-five yard line. Stats will tell you that that's not a good decision to make, because sixty-eight percent of the time, I believe that the teams are taking it out from from the ball landing outside the end zone. They're getting uh past, past the forty the 20- yard past the forty yard line. Sixty sixty-eight percent of the time that the ball doesn't land, isn't caught in the end zone is in his return. That's just bad special teams play. If you put the ball it's inside the, of the five, it's the, the amendment to the rule where uh, players are not allowed to have a head start running now. It's why oh, that's it's the why the onside dynamic. kick is now it. a ninety three percent efficiency because players don't get a uh, running start. And it's all about safety, but that's a fascinating dynamic difference yes. that I did not consider. Yes, absolutely. So yeah. I would I say that that backup that. kicker thing would be is, for field goals is more about no. Him doing the kickoff so that the field goal kicker doesn't strain his leg in a windy, bad weather game where footing might not be solid, and if, it's if cold, the wind is and, and the wind is into your face and it's thick air because it's cold, you might have a struggle getting it to the end zone. Where now the fresh leg guy comes in, they don't care if he blows his hammy out. Just come in and just kick as hard uh, as you can. That's okay. kind of a random thing that I've put no thought into, but it's not crazy. Johnny says some of the shit no, that you say is just, crazy. But... <clears throat> yeah, uh, what do you think the Eagles need to do to win this game? What do it. they need to do? That's Fletcher a, Cox. Fletcher Cox. Doesn't that sound like a real question? That's a good, that's a good yeah, question. That's yeah, that's like a real question. It's yeah, almost I mean, like he's the host. No, you know what I mean? Like it's kind of an actual question. I also think that Nick Foles has to be near perfect because... Yeah, that, he's got to have a Prince Nick game. There's really no way that he can do it other than sprinkling in that little bit of magic. He can't be pedestrian and the Eagles still win because Drew Brees is too good. That offense is, is just too efficient. Uh, who's who's more likely to be the X-Factor? X uh, Elshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz, or Dallas Goder? Zachert. My answer is Dallas Goder because if they focus on taking the two biggest weapons away from them, he's a better, a good enough player that if they focus on him, he could dan- like he could wreck a game. Yeah, no problem. Um, the Eagles spread the ball out a lot better to their different receivers. We'll say then. Well, than especially New now does. that yeah. You know what I mean? like, oh, well, there's a lot of focus actually, on Thomas. Yeah, and a lot I think more and Kamara than say. 
I think Eagles. you're going to see a lot of spreading the ball around this week for the Saints. I think Drew I Brees is going to th- toss it around the yard um, to more than just Kamara and and uh, and Thomas, which is exactly what happened last time. But I just finished telling Mike that I don't think they're going to go in there with the same defensive game plan. So let's. Well, these do you want to crack a beer and think about this? Yeah, Actually, sure. a couple minutes longer. I don't think there's going to be any listeners complaining about. More content, but there's uh, these are two of the worst pass defenses. Well, Mike's on a phone call, and I'll take this time to thank anyone that's uh, t- still tuned in at this point in the podcast. You are appreciated. Um, if you have a question that you want answered on a future podcast, you can uh, email that to the new email address. It's talkingpigskinpodcast at gmail.com. Nice and easy to remember. Um, so... Yeah, Johnny just asked me, or kind of made a statement that he feels the Eagles do a better job of distributing the ball around, and I think that that's going to be a key for the Saints' offense this week. Well, I just think that, that they, they do the more. better job than the Eagles because I feel that Michael Thomas can be uh, like potentially game-planned out of this game. It's hard to disagree, but at the same time, what I think about Michael Thomas is there's only one, well, two true number one receivers, DeAndre Hopkins and Michael Thomas, so... Yeah. There's only a couple guys that can get 15 targets a game and make 13 of them matter. Okay, you look like you need to take off. Quickly, running through, no one's changed any of their money line picks. We're all keeping the same picks. Is anyone wavered on spreads? Do you like New Orleans covering that seven, seven and, and a half? half? Eight points, yep. Johnny? Yeah. I, th- I think... Well... That's, that's, a, fuck, that's a head scratcher. Maybe yeah. me and Johnny talk this out a little, little bit further. Uh... The New England LA game, you're going LA money line and on the spread. Absolutely, Johnny. You like them covering the four, or do you think it's going to be a field goal game? No, I, I, New England's going to cover. I think four. it's a very low spread for New England. Uh, I agree. Uh, you're taking the Rams cover. We both got mm-hmm. money line and the spread for Cowboys. You guys love the Indy money line, so of course you love the spread. I said I'm going to put a little bit of a a hedge bet out there uh, just to appease Mike's storylines. Uh, so... Can't be all fake news up in this. No. Uh, just some. Do you, uh, you want to do a little sign-off there, Mikey? Uh, before you get the, the F out of Dodge, or, or what? Everybody, uh, keep fit and have fun. It us 40 minutes to get the fuck out of oh, Dodge. Oh, we're way past 40 minutes. Get the fuck out of Dodge. The wolf. Alright, brother, yeah. Have a good, uh, good weekend. Enjoy the football. You have a good week. I will try to. I will hope to. Mm. And I will update you. Shouldn't be hard. <laughs> Stay warm. Yeah, that's the easy part. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay frosty. <sighs> Take care, boys. Hey, Mikey, one more thing. What? Dismissed. I thought it was going to be the Jaguars aren't going to lose for the rest of the season. Dismissed. Looking back is now true. Oh man. See, you know you know what the thing is about Mike, and I'm gonna be a little bit a little bit of an asshole as he's just leaving here. I know exactly where your body is. What I'm looking for is some indication of a brain. Too much football without a helmet. <laughs> Gosh. Uh killing the drops. Okay. So I guess if we're detailing anything else, it's uh this this Eagles chance of covering seven and a half and why we might like it because I'm kind of with you that I don't think this is going to be as big of a blow and maybe I'm now sipping, uh, sipping the Kool-Aid 
and I'm believing in this uh, this story that just continues to drag out this storyline that Nick Foles is just the the guy when it comes playoff time. Like, and it, I know that it's more than just him. It, this this defense has kind of turned it around. The front four is playing much much better. They're putting a lot more pressure on opposing quarterbacks, and the secondary isn't getting burned anymore. As much, anyways. If anyone's going to do it, it's Drew Brees. That's where my line in the sand is, like Drew Brees. Yeah, he's he's, he's going to be the difference maker. Um, Ooh, that's a cold beer. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the Eagles, like I said, they they have to spread the ball around. They're going to have to get it out. and uh, It's pretty bad pass defenses with New Orleans and the Eagles. So I think both QBs... Both QBs, they have a good chance of, of putting up some yards, putting up some touchdowns, and uh, putting the game in their hands to win this. Um, but I would have to go with Drew Brees on this one. Yeah, it like I last mean, time they beat him by fuck thirty eight last they, time. They, I just, mean, like, they pummeled. I mean that game. They could they could yeah. score seventeen less points of a differential and, and still win by th- three touchdowns. Yeah, I mean. So it, it like it, maybe we're giving this too much time and and we're just fucking. Well, I just don't. I don't even. Th- and I just. I don't like the Eagles' run game as feeding much. And horse. I feel like, uh, yeah, feeding a fed horse. I don't. And I feel like the new the Saints. They have a much better run game. So absolutely, the, you know, the one two punch. They got that one in their pocket too. Like uh, the, that know. would be the one I would rival. Mike, I think it was Mike that said uh, he felt there wasn't a better one two punch in the league than Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. And while he, that, that's an argument at least. I would think the. The counter to that is is those guys out in uh, in Nola, and Kamara. Uh, no Kamara oh. and then Ingram, the two running oh, backs oh, okay, for yeah. tandem tandem backfield. Because uh, there's not oh, too many not too many running backs in the league that have a, you know, what I mean, a, a solid enough resume as a number one, and then the number two guy is that dynamic of what he does that they both get equal amount of snaps. Yeah, they're just a nightmare to cover. Like I don't know if the way that okay so. The way that we could best explain it as Cowboy fans is what we saw our team do to shut down Drew Brees, while, mind you, it was on the road, it was in Dallas, um, was we played a lot of dime and nickel defense, and our linebackers are the, the best duo in the league from sideline to sideline with speed. Like, speed kills. Our defense is fast as fuck. And mm-hmm. that's not the Eagles. They're more of a big, broody front four, and not the speed linebackers and... and and not the lockdown corners that we have. Like, Mike's one correct evaluation that I feel about the Cowboys the last four days, five days that he's made, is that their liability is on the back end with Heath and Woods. When I like Woods. I liked him in the draft process. I liked it when once we drafted him. Um, and as much as I am the guy seem, seemingly always defending Jeff Heath, uh, like, yeah, that is the weak spot. And it's not necessarily a bad thing when... It's the weak spot against our D line, yeah. our linebacking core, and our fucking corners. Like it's a good problem to have, if you ask me. Jeff Heath, Jeff Heath is that guy that he makes a great play, and as you're, as we're still talking about he, he and, and, and loving that play he just made, he's missing a tackle. Mm-hmm. On the and yeah, or as I send a text defending him, yeah, the person's receiving he's it, looking it, at him get burned. Yeah, he's making on the sideline or something, but. you know. Um, if that's the if that's their whole if that's the biggest problem with their defense, then I'm okay that's, with that. Exactly, and and I say, I bring that up uh, not just because Mike's gone. Um, <laughs> I guess he's had enough of the Cowboys talk. Uh, I guess that's what happens when his team doesn't make the playoffs, and and ours somehow did. 
and somehow won a game. No one could have told me that back early November when we were three and five after that Tennessee loss that that no. we were going to win a playoff game this year. Um, this was... But all uh, you know what that uh, they did not get comfortable. They did not fall in love with their own guys. They went out and made the Amari trade, and then they fired their O line coach and and promoted Mark Colombo, and that's that's paid big dividends. I love seeing Mark. Colombo. I love seeing Mark Colombo too. He's line. one of the guys. That line, that line was slipping, and it was starting yep. to be into a conversation. That's of, what happens when you're running a is bad this O line the same O line? Is this O line that great best O line in the league? Yep. Question mark. Yeah, but I know. Now I'm not going to say that they are the number, but it's 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 they're just they're up not there in again, the conversation though. of all. The Colts might have the best O line in the league. You know, yeah. Which is which is. One reason why, like I, I think it's almost a no-brainer that that's gonna be a uh, a back and forth slugfest. Because I'm not betting against Mahomes against his own defense at home. No, nope, that after think a that bye. Game's gonna be a close. So game. do I. I think it's it might be potentially the best game of the weekend as the first one. Um, one last thing, I'm just looking over my notes here. Uh, we never brought this up last week, and I think it was uh, uh, an overgloss or an error on our part. Um, there was one home team that won a playoff game last week, and it was the Dallas Cowboys. And me personally, I'm picking one road team to win a playoff game this week. Guess who it is? Dallas Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> um, so I know like, I know you got Indy, but um, and, Mike, and, and Mike's got L.A. and Indy and L.A. As, well, L.A. is the other home team. Or are they? We we've I know a lot of people have, have brought attention to that, but whose um, house? Cowboys. Boy, you like that? Hey, eh? I, yeah, I thought I might yeah. get a couple more retweets out there from Cowboys Nation, but uh, I guess they're all driving down to California. Uh, California. Um, so yeah, that's uh, about wraps it up. That's about wraps it up. That's a little bonus cast for you guys. Uh, appreciate everyone tuning in as always. And, uh, Johnny, you got any, uh, last words? Uh, just let us know how your picks go if you want. As to the listeners out there. Yeah, add to the convo on, uh, on Twitter. Um, what is it? Talking underscore pigskin. You guys should know that by now if, uh, if you're a dedicated listener. Oh, and speaking of dedicated listeners, um... Mr. Mitchell Heaton, we have a we have a disagreement, sir, on the state and the future of your your Packers, and uh, I'm not I'm not going to just cast them off, um, but I will say that I'm openly inviting you. Uh, let's say two weeks after the Super Bowl, to come and uh, chat it up on the podcast about uh, strictly your Packers. Um, the moves they've made, moves they haven't made, maybe moves you want to see, um, anything that you want to talk about Packers, you let me know, we'll set it up, uh, definitely the first time that I've, I've extended that olive branch, uh, to anyone on the, uh, the podcast, but, um, while I disagree with a couple of your, uh, your tweets that I've seen recently, um, I do respect uh, where you're coming from, um, and I know you're not a moron fan. So uh, I know Mike and I have talked about a couple plans of trying some new things, uh, especially in the off season. And one of them was to uh, 
bring in some some different voices or different perspectives of different uh quote unquote favorite teams. Um so you're contestant number one, sir. Uh you can accept or decline on Twitter, I suppose. Uh and I guess I'll just leave it at that. What were you you gonna say something? No, I just had some like tripped out like saw thing in my head like you've been chosen. You've been like I, I can hear like his fucking voice in my head. Uh no, no jigsaw here. No jigsaw here. All right. Uh enjoy the enjoy the uh pigskin action this weekend. Thanks for tuning in as always. Do you want to play a game? And peace out. Checked out that Meek Mill album. Did you like it? Yeah, yeah. It's actually good. It's not bad. Right? Like, some jams. First, like, six, seven songs of, are all, like, uh, like remixes sample and sampled beats and, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I like the Jay-Z sample, though, on the um, the record after that What's Free song. I gave a better listen to uh, Sign I Fell. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, I get, Jay killed that I verse see, and I, that kind of After listening to it better, I got a little better hearing it in the car hearing it yeah so much yeah you hear it different off the phone than with yeah, speakers you know.